<laughs> Welcome to Mama's High on Chai, a space where we have honest conversations about wellness, culture, mindset, and self discovery, all through the lens of motherhood. Welcome everyone to Mama's High on Chai. This is your host, Simi, and today we have Isra on uh, our show. And Isra, thank you so much for coming on our show. We're so excited to have you on and talking all about mental health. Hi, Simi. Uh, I'm very excited to be here and talk about something that I'm, I'm really passionate about myself. So I'm really glad that we have the opportunity to do this. Isra, can you explain a or tell us a little bit about yourself and give us uh, give our listeners a bit of your introduction? Sure. So I am a therapist by training, and I worked in community mental health in Toronto. I'm originally from Toronto for about four to five years, and I did very brief work at a private practice of my own before transitioning into the intersection of mental health and technology. So I've been working in, in uh, mental health tech for the last two years. And as a South Asian woman, I'm very much interested in really looking at how mental illness um, intersects with our cultural values and norms and how those two things um, play off of each other and how we can reduce the stigma. I do a lot of work right now around reducing stigma for mental health and really encouraging meaningful conversations around wellness. That's amazing. That's something I'm so interested in because I have, I'm pretty open about my own mental health struggles uh, on this platform. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm always all for promoting uh, wellness, mental health, um, and, uh, and really reducing the stigma in our culture as well. Yeah. And so yeah. you mentioned mental health technology. That's the first time I'm hearing that. Can you oh, yeah. explain that a little? Sure. So mental health technology is like a sector of healthcare that is using technology to reduce access to mental health services and also to improve uh, mental health services. So things like if you see Talkspace um, or BetterHelp, they're like app-based uh, mental health services where you can text and chat with your therapist on the go. You don't actually have to go into an office. So these technology companies are really focused on making sure everything is secure uh, and confidential. Um, and it's also how can we assess mental health needs um, using technology. So it's really how can we use technology to enhance mental health care. That's awesome. Yeah. So Isra, uh, you and I were speaking earlier and, you know, I wanted to sort of go in more detail and and speak a little bit more about emotional burnout and mental burnout yeah. and and you speak a little bit more about it on your platform as well yeah. so can you tell me what is mental or emotional burnout absolutely um so mental and emotional burnout is something that many people experience and we don't realize that we're experiencing it. So it's essentially a state of feeling completely exhausted 
both emotionally uh, and physically, and really going towards a place where you no longer have the energy to maintain daily tasks, maintain the things and habits that made you happy and feel joy before. So it's a state of complete exhaustion. And this happens when we overload ourselves and we overload our to-do lists Mm -hmm. with many things without actually processing the emotional impact of what's going on in our lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right now with the current global pandemic going on, people are working from home, their children are at home, mm-hmm. uh, they're worried about their aging parents, perhaps, or they're worried about their own health. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people have been financially impacted by the, the pandemic situation. And so all of these things combine and they create stress. And when mm-hmm. we don't manage the stress that we're experiencing, we will start to feel emotional burnout. Uh, And that's like feeling really overwhelmed by everything that you have to do. And then also at the same time, not really feeling like you have the energy or motivation to tackle any of those things. And so you go into like a state of emotional shutdown and Mm. you are not able to feel things. You're just too tired to feel even. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's, It's a very common experience. A lot of people before the pandemic, the WHO talked about workplace burnout being a, like a thing to watch out for in terms of mm-hmm. um, workplace mental health. And now since the pandemic, uh, there's a lot of emotional and mental burnout. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned that a lot of people are, are not able to see the signs. So, um, so what are some things on a daily basis then Uh, people can look out for if they are feeling um, the signs of burnout? Yeah. uh, So one of the most common things is just feeling exhausted, like fatigue, Mm -hmm. right? So when you think about it, um, if you cannot even imagine mustering up the energy to talk to a friend, a friend that you like, Mm -hmm. right? a friend whose conversation you enjoy, or you can't even find the emotional energy to watch the news because it's too much. So one of the signs you want to look out for is when small daily things feel like too much. Right. Folding the laundry becomes just too much and it's just lying there for a week. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's the biggest sign. Another sign is you're going to start feeling easily frustrated and irritated. So like losing your temper, being short uh, with the people around you, the people you Mm -hmm. live with. Mm-hmm. Um, and just constantly feeling like you're on the verge of snapping like or like a breakdown. Yeah. Right. Like, so for instance, um, I was feeling very emotionally burnt out with the news and everything that was happening around April. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I noticed is I was constantly on the verge of tears mm. And, you know, any news article, any news video, any Instagram clip that showed up around, you know, what was going on with the, with the sudden deaths and all of that stuff, it would just move me to tears. So I was constantly mm-hmm. on the verge of, of like an emotional uh, outburst. And that can look like anger for some people, that can look like sadness for some people, that can look like being irritated and snappy. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't manage burnout, it can very quickly become a mental health issue. So burnout is not a mental illness. It's an emotional state that precedes developing some kind of issue. Um, So it can become anxiety. It can become depression. 
but it, right. it is a mental illness in itself. Right. And that was going to be my next question since I'm someone who has previously struggled with depression and, um, and I'm still managing my anxiety. Um, it's, uh, you know, mental health is a lifelong journey, right? And, you know, I was at, at a point just recently where I wasn't able to tell whether it was really a burnout or uh, I was going into a, another depressive state. Mm-hmm. And because I have been in depression before, so my worry was like, am I becoming depressed again? Mm-hmm. And so like, how can you, like, how can you tell that difference? And like, so you said burnout can eventually lead to depression if you don't manage it properly, right? Mm-hmm. And when does, when does one seek professional advice? Yeah. Well, I mean, I first want to say, you know, I'm so appreciative of the fact that you're open about your own mental health journey, because as more and more people, especially from our South Asian community, come out and talk about it um, on the platforms that they've created or other people's platforms, the less stigmatizing and shaming it becomes. So I am very appreciative of the fact that you are so candid about your experience. Um, And to answer your question, Burnout becomes a clinically diagnosable thing when it really starts to impact your day-to-day functioning. So when you talk about seeking professional advice, um, you know, you talk about how do things become diagnosed. And it's really important to remember that you can struggle with depression symptoms and not be diagnosable and Mm -hmm. still receive help. So it's like a, it's like a gradient, if you will. So first you've got like cluster of emotional experiences that are burnout. And then you kind of move into um, having some depression or anxiety symptoms that Mm -hmm. can be managed through going to a therapist or talking to a counselor or maybe even just changing some lifestyle things. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you don't manage that portion, then it can bleed into becoming like a clinical issue. And the biggest marker of these differences is how, how are you able to manage daily things? So if you think about, let's just take work, for example, right? Mm-hmm. If getting up to go to work in the morning is proving impossible, and you found that in the last two weeks, you've missed work four times because you slept through your alarm. Mm-hmm. Then it's a then it's like an issue that you really need to talk to your general practitioner or your mm-hmm. family doctor about, and then they will go through like a diagnostic tool to see what your symptoms are. But right. before that, when you start to notice that you are having trouble managing daily tasks, that's the biggest flag. Right. Yeah, that's the biggest flag. So daily tasks, things like. Um, showering regularly, uh, making sure that your laundry is clean and, and sorted and you're not wearing dirty clothes over and over again, uh, that you're eating properly, that you're sleeping properly. If these like major life activities of daily living mm-hmm. is impacted, that's when you really want to start paying attention to what's going on emotionally. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know I, I like that you mentioned like how if more and more people come out and are being open about their their mental health um it's really so much better for our community and it it helps reduce that stigma because 
before, like I struggled with my depression for a very long time and there was not, I, I mean, I didn't even know the true meaning of mental yeah. health or that it even exists. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I remember having such a difficult time to explain to my doctor, even like what kind of symptoms I was feeling and, and that I felt a little bit of a shame. Right. And I thought that I was complaining about my life and everything. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that it was too difficult to, to basically meet the demands of my life. And mm -hmm. so this time around, I actually did speak to my, my physician when I was experiencing the burnout and, you know, it was so, so easy to just talk to my doctor and I just called him up and I said, I'm concerned about my mental health. And that's, you know, you just have to be straight up and, mm -hmm. um, and, and, and talk about it openly. Right. And it's, you know, a lot of people fail to understand that it's just like how you would be concerned about your physical health. You would say it like how it is, um, yeah. you know, my arm hurts, right? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, and I think if things become, if things come to your attention, the best place to go is your doctor. Uh, because right. they will be able to tell you whether this is like a clinically diagnosable thing or if this is something that can be changed just by lifestyle changes. Mm -hmm. So it's not really at that intensity yet. Or if this is, you know, something that can be managed through a therapist. Um, because sometimes, you know, if, especially if you have a history, it can be very um, triggering, right? Like burnout can right. very easily trigger um, anxiety again. So I think totally. that it is the best, best place to start is to talk to your doctor. Mm-hmm. So you talked about management of uh, burnout. Uh, what are some things that people can do to manage their burnout? Yeah, so I think, in, you know, in my experience and in my work, I think some of the things that really help people um, really are lifestyle changes. Mm -hmm. When we start to get emotionally burnt out, that is our body telling us that our, something in our life is not working. Mm -hmm. Either we are working too much, we're not taking care of our physical health, we're not taking care of our like emotional space. Um, so it's just a, really a signal that something is not working out right now. So making sure that you're able to stabilize the big lifestyle habits first is like the first step. So when you are feeling burnt out, it's really important to make sure that you are sleeping the appropriate amount. That means you're not sleeping too much and you're not sleeping too little. Because when we are either sleeping too much or we're lacking sleep, it can cause frustration and irritability and tiredness that can exacerbate your burnout, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So making sure that you're sleeping well is like the biggest thing that you can change when you start feeling burnt out. The second mm -hmm. thing is you want to take a look at your time. How are you using your time? Because sometimes we feel burnt out because we have packed in too many things that we have to do or we're not managing our time properly. And so we're constantly rushing and we're overloaded and then we become burnt out, right? right? So making sure that you're aware of how you're using your time and scheduling it mm -hmm. in a flexible way is really important. So trying to make sure that you wake up and go to sleep at the same time every day, like around the same time. Mm -hmm. You're eating around the same time every day, that you are exercising around the same time every day, and getting at least 20 to 25 minutes of physical activity when you're trying to manage burnout is really important. Because what it does is it activates your hormonal systems to make you feel better. Exercise right. is a 
great stress reliever. So when you think about managing burnout, you have to think about stress management, mm-hmm. right? Once you have all of that built in, let's say over a week or like a week or two, right? Mm-hmm. Then you can start thinking about like your emotional space because now you've kind of stabilized your physical body mm-hmm. to come to a place where you can now start processing the emotional stuff that is causing you burnout. Mm-hmm. And that is self-care. Right. Because when you are in an emotionally distressed space, sometimes it feels like the problems will never go away, right? And right. the reality is they might not. So how do you make yourself feel better, even if the problem that, that is causing you pain is still there? Mm-hmm. So that we can ensure that you are able to engage in self-care practices at a daily like regular schedule is really, really important. And so you, we really have to think about what self-care is, mm-hmm. right? When we look at the media, uh, magazines, self-care is always seen as like facials and hair masks, right? right. right. That's not really what self-care is. That's like a very capital, capitalistic version of self-care. Mm-hmm. Self-care in its truest essence is um, making sure that you are taking care of all the domains of your life right? so that your future self is going to thank you for it. It's like setting yourself up for success. So that means making sure that you are processing difficult emotions um, so you can engage in grounding practices like journaling and meditation, um, mm-hmm. adult coloring, making puzzles, anything that gives you pause from right. like, the busyness of the day. Um, and then also making sure that, you know, you are doing things that make you feel good. And that's where like the face mask and stuff comes in, but it doesn't have to be facials. It can be anything. Right. right. It can be it sitting be... down. Yeah. It can be sitting down with a cup of tea and reading a good book. Um, right. And that's it, right. Um, so making sure that you have self-care baked in is really, really important in helping manage self-care. I mean, sorry, burnout. Yeah. And then if you do have an emotionally distressing issue that is like a long-standing issue, like maybe you're having trouble in your marriage, maybe mm-hmm. you are overwhelmed by being a parent. Mm-hmm. Once you have like self-care habits built in and you have your physical health kind of like stabilized in a routine, then you can start thinking about how can I best address the situation in my life? Because now, you're, now your reserve is full. Right. Now you're not approaching this emotionally distressing problem with an empty tank. Right. You have the fuel to manage the emotions that will come up mm-hmm. when, you, when you deal with this issue. So, so managing burnout is really filling up your tank. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, you, you mentioned some really, really good points. It's, it's, it's a very common misconception that self-care has to be, you know, this fancy stuff and, people going, you know, you're going to a spa, getting your treatments done, massages and things like that. And it really doesn't have to be so fancy. It just really, if you, it's your, you know, mental self-care as well as your physical self-care, as well as just, you know, relaxing. And, and even if it's going for a solo walk, listening to, you know, a nice positive podcast, um, you know, and, and spending some time in silence or meditating. And it's, it's, those are all forms of self self care, I believe. Yeah, I completely agree with you. 
is there things that people can do to prevent it? So for example, I've already, you know, I have been able to manage my burnout by like, once I noticed my symptoms, I was concerned about my mental health. And then I uh, started to take, uh, take things off my plate. Mm -hmm. Um, So just focused on things that, uh, that really mattered at the time. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, letting my family know that, okay, this is what I'm experiencing, I need to rejuvenate, um, get myself back so that um, it's good for everyone, right? Everybody wants a happy person around. And um, so like making sure that my family was there to support me and everything. So like, you know, combine what I combined all of that and uh, took some time away, just for myself so that I could basically spring back um, into my new self. And so now uh, my focus will be on preventing a burnout. So, you know, what are some things that people can do to, to prevent uh, burnout symptoms? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think you already answered part of the question and the things that you were sharing that you did um, is when you start seeing the smallest flag of it, it's really important to take a step back and look at your time and making sure that you have the schedule that is appropriate for you and that you have the the task list that is appropriate for how much you can handle and making sure that your emotional reserve is already full. So if we continue practice, like self-care is not a reactive um, Mm -hmm. response. Self-care is actually a preventative response as well. Mm-hmm. Because if you continue to maintain self-care regularly as like, like it's eating breakfast every day, right? Mm-hmm. You will be able to prevent burnout because your reserve is full. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. There's so many sirens here. I'm like in Manhattan <laughs> and there's always like uh, fire trucks and ambulances. So sorry about that. That's okay. Um, Our listeners get a bit of, um, <laughs> I don't know, entertainment. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Um, but yeah, self-care is actually a, pre- it's, it's truly like a preventative tool. Mm-hmm. So really thinking about how to incorporate self-care into your life regularly is a, a way to prevent burnout. Uh, and managing time is a, also a way to prevent burnout. So the things that solve burnout are also the things that prevent burnout. Right. Um, you know, and the last thing I'll say, you briefly touched on this, is setting boundaries is really important. In, in, a, in a way to avoid burnout. So right. setting boundaries with the people in your life, like your family, your partner, uh, your kids, uh, but also setting boundaries with yourself. Right. So making sure you pick where your energy is leaking. Mm-hmm. Because again, you want to make sure your tank is full. So you want to make sure that it's not, there's not a leak somewhere. Right. So if you think that, you know, if you start noticing that getting on Instagram and scrolling, like you feel like less energized after that, take a mm-hmm. break if you find that the news is kind of draining you, take a break from the news, like set boundaries around it. So yeah. having healthy boundaries is a really great way to prevent burnout. I know. I think we could do a whole show on just emotional boundaries itself because it's such a, you know, it's such an important topic as well. Um, and I think a lot of people fail to realize their own emotional boundaries and, you know, how to protect it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I'm pretty bad with it as well, when, especially when it comes to social media, because there's all sorts of things that you see and that are thrown at you. And, um, you know, there's all this internal dialogue that goes on that um, you yeah. don't sometimes realize what you're really, you know, what your energies are, um, how, how you're feeling. Yeah. 
Um, I totally agree with you. And I think within the South Asian community, boundaries are essentially seen as a bad thing when you think about setting boundaries with your family members um, and, you know, extended family. So I think it's an important conversation to have um, and really talk about how boundaries are so helpful and better for the relationship overall. Right. You know? Yeah. Right. So. And I would like to know what is your daily wellness routine? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I, since the pandemic, I've become really, really um, good with self-care and daily wellness. I have to say before that it was kind of cyclical. It would happen in, you know, I'd be really great for three weeks and then it would just kind of fall off and then I'd come back again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pandemic because I've actually, I was, I've been quarantining alone here in Manhattan for the last four months. And, yeah. Um, so my daily wellness is I meditate every day, even if it's for three to five minutes. Yeah. That's a moment of silence where I can not necessarily think about anything. Just let, let myself be for a few minutes. Right. It's really, really helpful for me. Making sure that I eat breakfast every morning really sets my day, you know, in a good tone. Um, and I journal. Mm-hmm. I journal a lot. Um, and it really helps ground me and make me feel, you know, like I have control over my emotional experiences. That's awesome. Those are some yeah. really important things that I think every sh- everyone should incorporate. I am a little bit on and off on my meditation, but it, like you said, like three to five minutes is nothing in the day yeah. to yeah. dedicate to something like that. Um, I, I, I do believe, I have started to believe in the power of meditation. A lot mm-hmm. of people think that meditation has to be, it's so difficult to do. It's hard to sit there by yourself in silence and it's I think it's it's a process right and it's it's about slowing down your thoughts not necessarily you know yeah yeah and you know what meditation people always think it's like some kind of mystical experience but it doesn't have to be it's literally just sitting Uh, and if you have a hard time meditating like anyone who's listening you know you can start off with guided meditations on apps Mm -hmm. like Headspace right and this is not like a plug for Headspace at all because I don't know them at all, but I use Headspace every day and it has been life-changing for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's a, an amazing app as well. I've yeah. used it before. Yeah, I really enjoy it. And, it, and that's what really helped me get into a meditative practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, we can use tech, you know, technology can be a drain sometimes, but we can also use the things that are available through technology to benefit us. You know, right. you have apps that can help you make schedules, apps that have reminders for you to practice self-care. You can set up alarm reminders to meditate if you tend to forget. Right. Uh, journal apps, there's mood management apps. Um, there's a lot of ways we can use apps to make ourselves feel better. Right. Um, yeah. Those are some awesome, awesome tips. Thank you so much, Isra, for coming on our show and and, giving us your insight and your knowledge and your experience with mental health and emotional burnout. I'm sure during this time, it will help a lot of uh, women, a lot of especially mothers uh, like me to, to spend some time on themselves and and just even recognizing the symptoms and signs of emotional burnout and and um, and manage it. So thank you yeah. so much. 
Thank you. Uh, I think, you know, just the last thing I'll say very quickly mm -hmm. is, especially when talking about mothers trying to take time out for themselves, mm -hmm. uh, if you start to think of self-care as an investment in you becoming a better and more present parent and partner, it will become easier to engage in self-care. Because a lot of times when we think about taking time out for ourselves, it's almost like you're taking time away from your kids or your tasks that you have to do or from being a partner or a parent. Right. But if you look at it as an investment in your overall relationship with your kids and your partner, it becomes easier to engage in because you feel less guilt about it. Because right. you are, the better you are emotionally, the better you are as a parent and a partner. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I read somewhere spending time on yourself is uh, spending time for your kids or your family because your family wants happy parents, right? Um, happy mothers. So exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. Thank you so much for that. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. And I hope this stuff was helpful. Um, you know, and uh, I'm always around to have more conversations. Yes, if you can let our listeners know where, where they can find you on Instagram, that would be great. Absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram at well.guide. So that's W-E-L-L dot guide, G-U-I-D-E. And I'm always posting about, you know, tips to manage stuff um, and just having conversations around mental health and wellness. That's awesome. And then also tag a link uh, for your Instagram handle on my podcast, as well as on my Instagram page, which is Mama's High on Chai. So be, be sure to check it out, guys. Thank you so much for listening in and tuning in. And we'll see you next week. all for today everyone be sure to subscribe rate and review this podcast on itunes to help keep the show going also connect with me on instagram at mama's high on chai i share a ton of things on instagram from bits and pieces of my life to my spiritual thoughts to anonymous story submissions and giveaways and a lot more so be sure to tune in next week for another exciting episode. Until then, stay high on chai and stay high on life. See ya.